This program is made possible entirely by listeners just like you. For details on signing up for a monthly membership or making a one-time donation, please visit bestoftheleft.com. Now welcome to the award-winning Best of the Left podcast with clips today from The Young Turks, Media Matters, The Colbert Report, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, The Progressive, On the Media, The Jimmy Dore Show, The Onion Radio News, and Rachel Maddow with a bonus video clip for our iPhone app users from The Daily Show. Fox News came out of the closet today. Everyone with two bits of sense always knew they were a Republican propaganda machine, but today they made it official. Bloomberg News reported that News Corp, the parent company of Fox News Channel, The Wall Street Journal, and The New York Post donated $1 million to the Republican Governors Association. Now that they're open about their orientation, they are free to get in bed with any Republican they like, and they've already taken full advantage. In the recent Iowa caucus poll of Republicans, Mike Huckabee came in number one, Newt Gingrich was number three, and Sarah Palin was number four. All of them Fox News employees. In case you were wondering, Mitt Romney came in second, and Fox is Facebooking him as we speak. According to Bloomberg, News Corp's gift is the largest from any corporation to the Republican Governors Association. How's that for fair and balanced? Is this any surprise given that the president of Fox News is Roger Ailes, who was a media consultant for Ronald Reagan, George H.W. Bush, and Richard Nixon? Nixon would have been so proud. Fox News does on, does on a daily basis what Nixon could only dream of doing to his enemies in the press. Now, remember when the White House was considering banning Fox News and the rest of the media jumped all over them saying, how can they possibly do that to a news organization? Do you get it now? They don't do news. They do propaganda. Did Newt get challenged when he said this outrageous statement just yesterday on Fox News? Nazis don't have the right to put up a uh, sign next to the Holocaust Museum in, in Washington. We would never accept the Japanese mm. putting up a site next to Pearl Harbor. Right. Uh, there's no reason for us to accept a mosque next to the World Trade Center. By the way, there's a Japanese cultural center in Honolulu. I looked it up today. Apparently Fox News didn't. So how about when Barbie Girl pushes her latest attacks on Obama and the Democrats on Fox News as well? This leader of the free world has such power in his words. He should utilize that power in the word to represent the will of the people and not underestimate the wisdom of the people in America. And the overwhelming majority of Americans right now are saying, Mr. President, no, this hurts. This is a slap to those innocent victims who were murdered that day on 9-11. How about when Huckabee asked if Obama is going to start Armageddon? Are we now living in the end times from your perspective? Very definitely, Governor. I believe that what we see around us, uh, for example, uh, the three major issues of our, our day are the uh, global government, global economy, and global religion. And those are the three uh, legs of the stool of globalism. Funny how that all changed right after Bush left office. How huh? They never asked that question about, you know, the end times while Bush was around. Hmm. That sounds fair and balanced, right? Then there's the Fox News support slash creation of the Tea Party movement. This year, Americans across the country are holding tea parties to let politicians know that we've had enough. Celebrate with Fox News. This is what we're doing uh, next Wednesday. I love that. Celebrate with Fox News. Don't you get it? They're on a seek and destroy mission with the Democratic Party. Their viewers know that, and they love it. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. 
It's a free country. All we want is truth and labeling. Democrats should go on Fox. As soon as Fox admits, yes, we're with the opposition party. We are conservatives and proud. No shame in that. Come out. Tell your friends and family. Don't worry. They'll accept you for who you are. But the most important thing is that the rest of the news media not take their stories at face value. Fox News has a purpose to help the Republican Party. They do it with their programming. They do it with their anchors. They do it with the stories that they push into the mainstream media. And now they're doing it with their money. How much clearer does it have to be? Our top item today, remember when Rupert Murdoch, the chairman and CEO of Fox News' parent company, News Corp, responded to this question from Media Matters? Your network had graphics saying Fox Day Tea Parties. Is it appropriate for a news network to engage in that much politics? No, I don't think we should be supporting the Tea Party or any other party. <laughs> Murdoch's statement stands in stark contrast to his company's recent $1 million contribution to the Republican Governors Association. Here's Media Matters president Eric Burns on Countdown. We now have another million reasons Fox News is the Republican news channel, correct? Fox News wasn't no longer a news organization, but it turned into a political operation. They sponsored Tea Party uh, protests. They've uh, hosted them, organized them. Now we have this unprecedented million-dollar donation to defeat Democratic governors from the company itself. If they're really doing everything that the, the RNC should be doing, they just do it a lot better. huge sucker for a TV romance. From San and Diane to Ross and Rachel to that British inventor and the vacuum he loves. How do you think he ever found out it never loses suction? But my favorite small screen love affair is the sizzling will they or won't they flirt fest between Fox News and the Republican Party. It's been going on for years. I mean, they're perfect for each other. They have the same taste in talking points and the same vision of the perfect night out. Dinner for two at a cozy little restaurant, and then maybe after dinner, they deport the Mexican busboy. <laughs> but they've always played it so coy, you know? Fox News says they're fair and balanced, but that's just to protect their heart. <laughs> but obviously, they can't keep their hands off each other. You know Pale and Rove, Perino and Huckabee keep a toothbrush over there? And though they all claim just to be Fox and Friends, everyone knows they're Fox and Friends with benefits. <laughs> you know what they say, good girls don't, but deucey do. <laughs> but despite their shared strong family values, they refuse to make it official until now. The report's out today now that uh, News Corp has given $1 million to the uh, RGA, the Republican Governors Association. They put a ring on it! <laughs> It's about time. After all, yeah. After all, they're not getting any younger, especially Fox's audience. And you know the wedding is going to be beautiful, of course, all white. And to any of the doubters out there who think this is a marriage of convenience, you are wrong. This thing is about pure love. It has got to be. After all, Fox's ratings always go up whenever a Democrat is in office. Also, whenever a jar of applesauce subs in for Neil Cavuto.
Corvo, what was the last ad that we found in Craigslist? Missed Connection. Me, dressed in sequined red, white, and blue flag shirt with Uncle Sam fake beard. You, unattractive man, or possibly Abraham Lincoln impersonator. We talked about our shared love of country and motorized beer coolers. I have a dream of seeing you again. Those two people might have met at a big rally hosted by whom? Ooh, let me guess. Glenn Beck? Yes, indeed. This, of course, was last weekend, last Saturday. Restoring America's honor, it was called. A lot of observers were underwhelmed by the Restoring Honor Rally on the same day and the same place as Dr. King's famous I Have a Dream speech. Instead of a conspiracy theory festival, it was mostly a mild, patriotic, religious revival. Sort of Woodstock for middle-aged white people. <laughs> Watch out for the brown Flomax. <laughs> we don't know why... Mr. Beck abandoned his blackboard for the day and his attacks on President Obama instead went on about God. Maybe the voices in his head had a religious conversion. <laughs> yes. You really shouldn't mock because the only other way in today's America to get that many people together in one place is to offer them either Justin Bieber or a job. <laughs> Did you guys watch the rally? No. I wonder, I didn't, I didn't watch much, but were there, was any people of color in the audience? And if they were, did they know they were there? <laughs> there was some sunburn. There was yeah, some sunburn. Sun, a lot of sunburn. Yeah, sunburn. You can support this podcast at no additional cost yourself when you shop at Amazon through a special widget posted at bestoftheleft.com. You can use the widget to search for what you're looking for or simply click through and shop the site normally. Better yet, click through on the widget once and bookmark that page to use every single time you shop. By doing this, Amazon will donate around 7 or 8% of the cost of your order to support this show without adding a dime to your bill. It's very little effort on your part, but can make a huge difference to support the show. Check out the widget on the right side of bestoftheleft.com. Thanks so much for your support. Media Matters has put together this video asking the question of whether Glenn Beck's rants um, lead eventually to violence. And on this one, it's about the organization Tides. Uh, you're going to hear Glenn Beck talking about it a lot uh, in the middle and the end of the video. In the beginning, you're going to see a news story of what happened when someone got worked up about Tides, which no one had heard of before. Let's watch. You'll notice that I'm a danger because no one knew what Tides was until the blackboard. Byron Williams wanted to start a revolution by killing people at the ACLU and the Tides Foundation. Williams was apparently targeting those groups because of their civil rights agendas. The Tides Foundation, which police say was one of the targets of Byron Williams, was the topic of conversation many days on Glenn Beck's Fox Cable News show. Williams' mother had said that many times he would become angry after hearing about leftist organizations on the news. This audience know whose Tides is. Tides Foundation is, is, is with Soros. It all ties to the Tides Center. They are also involved in some of the nastiest of the nasty. I mean, did you notice some of the names involved here, especially the Tides Foundation? Tides Foundation, gee, oh, 
We know them because they bailed out ACORN. The Tides Foundation is a major source of revenue for some of the most extreme groups on the left. There are people and forces behind some of these things, and it is a completely dishonorable debate. And George Soros's people at the Tides Foundation come up with a million dollars just to make that problem go away. Infiltrating gain control of big businesses. What do you think the Tides Foundation is? They're being taught capitalism is evil. Videos like this one are being played in classrooms, made by the George Soros-funded Tides Foundation. What do you think the Tides Foundation was? They infiltrated. He states in this book, the purpose is to create mass organizations to seize power. Wow, that almost sounds like the Tides Foundation. If I had a, 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 an idea that I cloaked and made it a Trojan horse, I'd be a nut job or a conspiracy theorist. But when they have a Trojan horse, no, 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 they're not called that. They're called members of the Tides Foundation. See, I really like that video, and I'll tell you why. Because now, there are many instances of the right-wing media riling people up, and then you see, for example, the guy who shot up what he considered to be a liberal church in Tennessee, and they went to his house, and then he's got books by, you know, all the Fox News guys, Hannity, Beck, O'Reilly, etc. And, uh, and he says, oh, no, I had to go uh, get the liberals before they got us. Uh, and then there's a the guy in Pittsburgh who said, oh, the government's coming for my guns and shot the cops. And the list is long, especially Tiller, the baby killer, is what O'Reilly kept calling him dozens of times. And then, lo and behold, a right-winger shoots uh, George Tiller, who was an abortion provider. So, you know, we've seen a lot of instances of this. Why do I like this as more concrete evidence? Because Glenn Beck is right in the beginning. There wasn't anybody else talking about Ty's Foundation. It's a perfectly normal foundation that gives money to some progressive causes. Now, of course, what Glenn Beck does is he calls them nefarious. He's like, George Soros and giving to all these left-wing radical organizations that are going to destroy America. And then he keeps mentioning it over and over and over. And then he says, oh, where have we heard this before? The Tides Foundation. Okay, but all right. And, and it's just that he keeps repeating it. And he makes it sound more nefarious every time, right? And then so when this guy goes and tries to kill people at the Tice Foundation, did he know about it before Glenn Beck? Did he get riled up by anyone else? It seems really inconceivable. No, that guy went and shot up the Tice Foundation because of what Glenn Beck was saying on air. Now, you could say, hey, wait, no, that's not Glenn's fault. You can't be held responsible for every whack out there listening to your show. And I hear you on that, okay? Uh, but you also have to be a little bit more responsible, right? And say, don't encourage the violence. Don't tell people that, you know, the, your uh, government is about to be taken over. It's not like it was before. There are these forces that are coming to take over. George Soros is not from this country, and it's nefarious, and it's a plot, and it's a Trojan horse, and you better grab your gun. You know, and they keep going back to that Second Amendment issue, oh, and they're going to come for your guns, and they put people in a panic. See, if I was Glenn Beck... I think, well, look, that guy's crazy, and I'm not responsible for him. But at the same time, man, I feel bad that somebody did that. I've got to be super careful that that's not the message I'm sending out. Now, does Fox News and Glenn Beck look super careful to you? To me, they look like they're purposely not careful, irresponsible. And they don't seem overly concerned about any of this violence. That's the problem.
Glenn Beck's got me worried again about fascism in America. His so-called Restoring Honor rally last weekend assumed that somehow America has been dishonored, and that's a classic trope of fascists. Nor was I comforted by all the God talk, nor by the incessant chants of USA, USA, nor by Sarah Palin having the gall to claim we feel the spirit of Dr. Martin Luther King. This just days after she told Dr. Laura to reload after the talk show host said the N-word about 20 times in five minutes. As if this rally wasn't enough, Beck continued on his crusade during the week. He said, there are a lot of universities that are as dangerous with the indoctrination of the children as terrorists are in Iran or North Korea. The irony was that Ahmadinejad himself has actually denounced the universities in Iran with similar disdain, such rhetoric being the coin of fascism. Lately, I've been taking seriously the warnings of Noam Chomsky and also of Chris Hedges, author of a book called American Fascists. Hedges writes, The language of violence always presages violence. When someone like Palin posts a map with crosshairs on the districts of Democrats, when she says don't retreat, instead reload, there are desperate people cleaning their weapons who listen, said Hedges. Well, consider yourself forewarned. I sure feel that way. it's hard to know who to trust, especially when it comes to numbers. I have just gotten word from the media that there is over a thousand people here today. On August 28th, from the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, Glenn Beck tweaked the press as he surveyed the crowd attending his Restoring Honor rally because he knew the truth, as he said later. We'll have aerial photography here um, shortly on the numbers, but I can tell you that it was in the hundreds of thousands. Let's be on the low end, 300,000, and maybe as high as 650,000. But Minnesota Republican Michelle Bachman at her own post-Beck rally disagreed. We're not going to let anybody get away with telling us there were fewer than a million people because we were here, we are witnesses. Crowd estimates flew overhead like the geese over the rally. ABC News went with 100,000 plus, NBC News with some 300,000, and NPR with tens of thousands. Meanwhile, CBS News actually paid for some research and arrived at a figure between 80 and 90,000. Stephen Doig helped calculate it by using aerial photos. People way overestimate how many people can be packed into a given area using like two square feet per person. That is, you know, scary, mosh pit, dangerous kind of density. People couldn't fall over if they fainted. Doig says Washington is a tough town for crowd counters to get an angle on. There aren't very many tall buildings. I think there's a municipal ordinance that doesn't allow anything over just a very few stories. The highest thing in D.C., to my knowledge, is the Washington Monument. But it was useless for crowd counting because the angle was too oblique. It wasn't overhead enough. 
So CBS went to a company called Air Photos Live, which uses tethered balloons with cameras on them to get really beautiful, detailed overhead images. And then I use their images to make my honest estimates of the density of the crowds in different parts of that whole sprawling area that it was in. It's actually fairly low-tech science. You estimated about 80,000, and the other expert that CBS hired estimated about 87,000. They went with 87,000. You said, you know, same difference. Absolutely. I would never swear that exactly 80,000 people were there. Actually, I had one commenter on my blog about this who sent me a note saying, well, there had to be at least 100 people in porta-potties at the time of the image. And I said, okay, my estimate now is 80,100. <laughs> As for that 300,000 NBC number, that was provided by an NBC News staffer, Domenico Montanaro, who tweeted last Saturday that that's what an unnamed Park Service official said. NBC's Brian Williams. At Glenn Beck's rally on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial yesterday, he was able to attract a crowd. I've seen estimates 500,000. NBC News estimated the crowd at 300,000. And what did the New York Times do? They quoted NBC, which is really the chicken way out. NBC is not a source. And usually there is a way to at least produce a number that can be sort of grounded at least in reality. And that's really what the science of statistics is for. Science schmeyens. Doig was roundly condemned by the right for lowballing Beck's rally. Well, obviously, I must be a liberal dupe who was paid to underestimate it. And, of course, others on the other side of the ideological stream said, oh, yes, you know, obviously, you're doing very scientific methods, and clearly that's very good. That really amuses me because 18 months or 20 months ago, I did the Obama estimate, I came up with a number of around 800,000 being there on the mall for the inauguration. That number was lower than the pre-event predictions, some of which were laughably high, like 5 million. So my prediction then became embraced by those who didn't really want to see Obama draw a big crowd and was sort of ignored by the supporters. So exactly the same methods produced exactly the opposite reaction from the different ends of the political stream. Carl Holmberg, who retired from the U.S. Park Police in 2000 after 35 years on the job, assisted the Washington Post's Dan Keating in his calculation of attendance at Obama's inauguration. Using aerial photography, they came up with a range of 1 to 1.2 million. But after an earlier Post story tossed out 1.8 million, that's the number that stuck. Carl Holmberg. And I'm not exactly sure where that 1.8 number came from. Somebody came out with a figure. There was no protocols applied. There is no procedure explained. And I would just hope that our history would be written a little more accurately than just based on an unnamed source. I like data. I like facts rather than just numbers that people throw around based on their opinion. Washington Post database editor Dan Keating, who learned his methods from Stephen Doig when they were at the Miami Herald, saw his own science-based estimate of one million overshadowed in his own paper by that more memorable figure of 1.8. So how did the Post report attendance at Beck's rally last week? I believe we've made reference to Glenn Beck's number. I believe we've made reference to Michelle Bachman's million number. And I believe we may have made reference to the number that CBS derived.
But if they just gave each of those three numbers equal weight, that's a problem. Wouldn't the normal reader see one as the low estimate, one as the high estimate, and maybe wind up with Glenn Beck's number as the right one? And isn't that, given that there was no science behind Glenn Beck's number, foisting a misrepresentation upon the public? in order to appear fair? Well, I think it's hard to completely ignore what people say. We put it in the best possible context we can. We'll go to a lot of effort to put some science behind a number, and then it kind of goes up into the media atmosphere and gets sucked up in with every other number that people just whip off the top of their head. And I wish there was an easy way of saying, you know, hey, my number is better than all your numbers, but... The number that we worked really hard to put a lot of facts behind sometimes loses its weight as compared to all the other numbers bandied about. So the solution would be an official number. And in fact, the park police still uses aerial photographs and density calculations to estimate crowds for planning purposes. But it can't release those numbers. Not since the mother of all crowd estimate disputes erupted into the threat of a lawsuit in 1995. A million sober, disciplined, committed, dedicated, inspired black men. Long live the spirit! of the Million Man March. Well, the name was attached to it six months prior to the event. Retired Park Service estimator Carl Holmberg. And when you call it the Million Man March, I guess you expect to have a million people there, but our count didn't go up to a million people. What was your count? I believe it was like 250,000. So when you come up with a quarter of the advertised amount, what happens? Uh, People get upset. (laughs) <laughs> the sponsors do anyway. And Million Man March certainly is not the only one. We had others that wanted to take us to court. Certainly many anti-war rallies thought that we had shortchanged them. And so Congress, in I believe it was our 1997 appropriations bill, directed the park police to stop estimating crowds. Do you wish that Congress would once again reauthorize the park police to reissue those numbers? Well, if they want accurate numbers, or as accurate a number as they can get, then they should. If they're happy with just having everybody name their own number, then I guess that's uh, that's up to Congress. So, there you have it, folks. Just another of many inconvenient truths. The difference here is that this one has been neatly legislated out of existence. So let's presuppose for a moment that you actually enjoy this show. Now, if that's true, please consider supporting it with a $5 monthly membership. I actually quit my job as a climate activist to pursue this show full-time because this is where I felt like my talents could best be put to use and I could have the biggest impact on the world. But I really need your support to keep going. I produce 10 shows a month of fearless coverage on all the hot-button issues we face, maintaining a rock-solid schedule posting shows at least every third day. So if all that is worth 5 bucks a month or as little as $55, a year, a little discount for you. Please consider signing up for a membership at bestoftheleft.com. Members even receive bonus audio and video content on top of the rest that doesn't make it into the final cut of the show. So please, again, check out the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com. No, you can't count on me.
Okay, so Glenn Beck had his 828 Restoring Honor rally on the Mall on Washington. It was held on the anniversary of Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, and what a more fitting guy to have a rally on that day than the guy who called our first black president a racist who hates white people. It was billed as the Restoring Honor rally. And I know what you're thinking. Hey, just when did America lose its honor anyway? Um, how about November 2008 when we elected a black guy who's a secret Muslim who hates America as our president? I'm guessing then. Sunday morning, Glenn Beck sat down for an exclusive interview with Fox News' Chris Wallace. Now, I love Chris Wallace because, you know, he always finds something nice to say about whoever happens to be in front of him. For instance, here's how he described Rush Limbaugh. Very nice, very sweet, and, and, and I'd have to say vulnerable guy. See, I would have referred to him as a race-baiting, drug-addled, thrice-divorced, four-time-married, right-wing hypocrite who is a well of misinformation and lies. That's where Chris Wallace and I differ. And here is Chris Wallace introducing Glenn Beck. I'm trying to figure you out. Uh, in the okay. in in the 40 years that I've been in this business, I've never, I have to say, I've never seen anyone quite like you. You're not a newsman. You're 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 not a preacher. You're not a politician. You. Your radio show bills itself, itself as the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. Now, if I didn't know better, I think Chris Wallace was introducing Gandhi instead of an alcoholic ex-morning zoo DJ. But let's just go ahead and take a moment and go back over that introduction, shall we? I, I'm trying to figure you out. Well, let me stop you right there, Chris. Because I think we got Glenn Beck figured out. Like I said before, he's an alcoholic ex-morning zoo DJ who dupes his audience into throwing their retirement money away on overpriced gold coins in a scheme to make millions while still funding his show since every other advertiser jumped ship because who Glenn Beck is is so repulsive to most Americans. I think we got him figured out. But keep going, Chris. Uh, in the... Okay. In... in the 40 years that I've been in this business, I've never, I have to say, I've never seen anyone quite like you. That's quite an admission, Chris Wallace. You mean in your 40 years of being a newsman, you've never come across a crazy megalomaniac huckster with a messianic complex? I guess you don't watch much Christian television, or Fox News for that matter. You're not a newsman. You're, you're, you're not a preacher. You're not a politician. Hey, don't stop there, Chris. How about he's not a patriot, he's not a good actor, he's not that bright, he's not a good person. Hey, I could do this all day. Your radio show bills itself, itself as the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. And yet his show is neither entertaining nor enlightening. What are you? They're called con men, Mr. Reporter. A con man. He's a guy riding the bandwagon of bigotry and fear and making millions doing it while gathering millions of followers. That's who he is. He's not a newsman or a preacher or a politician. He's just a liar. Just a garden variety liar and an opportunist. You take what's true and he tells people the opposite in order to make money. Honestly, Chris, in your 40 years in the business, you've never seen a liar before? And then Chris Wallace does his Wallace Unplugged segment. And if you haven't seen it, it's beautiful. This, is, this segment represents an exciting new development in snake oil sales. See, in this segment, the snake oil salesman, Glenn Beck, 
has his primary shill, Chris Wallace, slip out of his jacket and sit casually on his desk instead of behind it and let you know personally on a one-to-one basis that every lie the snake oil salesman just told you was completely true. Welcome to Wallace Watch, and I want to talk uh, about the, the Glenn Beck rally and the big interview we did with him uh, the first half of the show on Sunday. You know, it's interesting because he had made it clear this was not going to be a political rally, and yet I think, like a lot of people, I was surprised at the degree to which he kept his word, and it wasn't a political rally. It was almost more of a religious revival meeting, and it's not something that you hear often in the, the, the language. Uh, the discourse here in Washington and, and his basic message was before we worry about a national renewal and, 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 and the politicians people have to have to have a spiritual renewal and have to get right with God uh, you can either like or dislike the message but it was certainly something one doesn't hear often and by often I guess Chris Wallace means you know that message that we've heard every minute of every day from every politician since I can remember since forever so thanks again, Chris, for your great top-notch reporting job and your 40 years of service where you've amassed zero knowledge and zero insight. And how generous of him to shine a spotlight on poor Glenn Beck and his underrepresented Christian point of view. I mean, Glenn only has a nationally syndicated radio show, a daily cable news show, plus a weekend edition, and a live stage tour. So how the heck is the guy supposed to get the word out with those limited resources? Good for Chris Wallace for devoting half of his show to this view that one doesn't hear very often coming out of Washington. I submit that that message is heard plenty often in these United States. You don't have to tune into Glenn Beck to hear that BS. You can hear it from pretty much every street corner nutcase in pretty much every major city in America. Get right with God. And if that's not enough, you can turn on any Christian television station and hear that same message. Get right with God from every Jehovah's Witness, from every televangelist. Get right with God and from every politician. Get right with God, whether they believe it or not. Get right with God. So hats off to Chris Wallace. Uh, I hope you will watch our interview. I hope you will see clips or watch some of the coverage of Glenn Beck's rally uh, and let us know what you think. Really, Chris? You want to know what I think? Well, if you turn in any more journalism performances like that, Chris, what I think is that when the time comes, they're going to have to dig your father's grave extra wide to accommodate all that spinning he's going to be doing. That's what I think. You're killing your father. That's what I'm saying, Chris. Father of mine, tell me where have you been? You know I just closed my eyes, my whole world is up here. Father of mine, take me back to the day. Yeah, when I was still your golden boy, back before you went away.
Netroots Nation is going on right now, and that's a gathering of uh, online progressives. It's a, a very large convention. Uh, NBC's Mark Murray was there, and he noticed that people were complaining that Obama has not been as progressive as they had hoped. And that's a very legitimate complaint, if, of course, if you ask me. But Mark uh, says, no, uh, we've got it wrong. He says, quote, uh, here's something to consider. It's the country, not the system, that's stacked against liberals and progressives. The real problem is that the country is not liberal, it's center-right. Now, at first, I was mad at him, okay? Because I, I know it's wrong, and I've heard it a million times. And then I thought, you know what? It's not his fault. It's conventional wisdom. Everybody in Washington, every political reporter thinks, this is a center-right country, this is a center-right country, this is a center-right country. Because that's all they've ever heard, right? And then, of course, they have that one poll, which is enormously misleading, which I'm going to tell you about right now, that they hang their hat on. Uh, conservatives throw this poll at them. They say, all right, uh, when they did a poll and they asked people, uh, are you liberal or conservative? In 2008, 25% said liberal, and 36% said conservative. That's it. There's more conservatives in the country than liberals. It's super obvious. Except it's not at all obvious, because liberal has become a dirty word. Because for 20, 30 years, Rush Limbaugh, Fox News, we said, liberal, lib, liberal. Whereas conservatives are a proud word, I'm a proud conservative. I'll give you a perfect example of it. When Republicans run for office, they talk about who's more conservative. And they brag, no, I'm more conservative. When Democrats run for office, does anybody say, no, I'm more liberal. Oh, no, I'm the more liberal candidate. No. They, in fact, oftentimes do the exact opposite. No, no, I'm a centrist. I'm a, I'm a moderate. I'm reasonable. I'm not, no, I'm not a wild-eyed liberal, right? Because liberals become a dirty word. So when you get to the real issues, though, there are an enormous number of polls. Uh, and let's see what they come out with. Is it a progressive or is it a conservative country? Well, um, Media Matters and Campaign for America's Future, now they're progressive groups, okay? But what they did was they took polls from non-progressive groups, uh, totally non-partisan groups, American National Election Studies, the General Social Survey, and Gallup polls. And they collected the data to see, hey, which way does the country go? So, on the role of government, 69% of Americans believe the government should care for those who can't care for themselves. That is the central liberal philosophy. And, and Rush Limbaugh will tell you that is not what he's in favor of. 69% of the country believes that. 74, I'm sorry, twice as many people want, quote, the government to provide many more services even if it means an increase in spending, as want government to provide fewer services in order to reduce spending. So that goes 43% to 20%. So again, central liberal or conservative position. Do you want the government to spend more money for services or no? Not less services and spend less. Two to one, the liberal position wins. Uh, now, how about the economy? 77% of Americans think that Congress should increase the minimum wage. 66% believe that quote, upper-income people pay too little in taxes. 53% feel the Bush administration's tax cuts have failed because they have increased the deficit and caused cuts in government programs. Once again, liberal, liberal, liberal. And significantly so, 77%, 66%, etc. But that's not what you hear in the media, right? And, and these people who are answering these questions, they might even, not even think that they are liberal. Because they, because they got in, immersed with all that propaganda, too. And said, oh, I'm not a liberal. Oh, but do I want the government to spend more money? Of course, we should care for each other. What's the matter with you? You're not a decent human being?
right? <laughs> and where should we get the money? Well, the upper income uh, brackets have more money, so we should raise taxes on them. But they don't think they're a liberal, right? But in reality, of course, these are all liberal positions. I'm just getting warmed up. Let me give you a couple more, okay? Because it's on almost every single issue. Social issues. 61% of Americans support embryonic stem cell research. 62% want to protect Roe versus Wade. Clear victories, again, for liberal positions. Um, on security, 60% feel the federal government should do more about restricting the kinds of guns that people can purchase. 60%? I thought 100% of the country was pro-guns. What happened? Because they're not reporting it right. You see, it's not a matter of do we take away your guns. When you ask, hey, should we have some restrictions on guns, 60% of the country go, yeah, of course we should. That's a liberal position. All right, the environment. 75% of Americans would be willing to pay more for electricity if it were generated by renewable sources to help reduce global warming. 79% want higher emission standards for automobiles. Liberal, liberal. Overwhelmingly so. Energy. 52% of Americans believe, quote, the best way for the U.S. to reduce its reliance on foreign oil is to have the government invest in alternative energy sources. 68% say that the public of the public thinks that US energy policy is better solved by conservation not more production in other words 68% don't say don't drill baby drill do more conservation liberal okay but if you use the word oh no 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 I'm not a liberal although every one of my positions is liberal how about health care 69% of Americans think it is a responsibility of the federal government to make sure all Americans have access to health coverage 69% 76% find access to health care more important than maintaining, for example, Bush's tax cuts. And three in five would be willing to have their own taxes increased to achieve universal coverage. And as we saw as the health care debate, and this was, these are all studies from uh, the last uh, set of years, okay? So it's not just today's studies. It, it encompasses a longer period of time. And as we saw in the health care debate, every single poll said, we want a public option. We want the government to give us an option. And yet, that, those were all ignored. When you go issue by issue, America is definitively liberal, progressive, whatever you want to call it. Except when you call it liberal, the one poll says, no, 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 we're not liberals. Because Rush Limbaugh and Fox News made it a dirty one. But we've got to drill this through the mainstream media's head. Because it, we are not a center-right country. When it comes to every issue, we are a center-left country. Hey, David Pakman here, host of the nationally syndicated Midweek Politics with David Pakman. If you're anything like me, you're a regular listener to the award-winning Best of the Left podcast with Jay Tomlinson. If you like that, I want to invite you to check out my show, Midweek Politics with David Pakman. Not only will you hear the best of the left, but you'll hear some of the worst of the right, including some of the craziest bigots and racists you've ever seen. But don't worry, I don't agree with them. Check out midweekpolitics.com, check out my show, continue listening to Best of the Left podcast, and even consider becoming a member of the Midweek Politics politics membership program.
A new survey finds positive things are better than negative things. It's the Onion Radio News. I'm Doyle Redland. According to a new Gallup poll, 72% of Americans say that good things make their lives better and bad things make their lives worse. Americans prefer things that they like and would rather not have to deal with things they don't like. Gallup spokesperson Sharon Krasner-Glenn. This contradicts a 1992 poll which found 68% of Americans want to be kicked in the head. Doyle Redland for the... You before you came to the factory. I want a bean feast. One of those. Cream buns and donuts and fruitcake with no nuts. So good you could go nuts. You're going to have all those things when you get home. No, now. I want a ball. I want a party. Pink macaroons and a million balloons and performing baboons and... Give it to me. Now. I want the world... I want the whole world I want to lock it all up in my pocket It's my bar of chocolate Give it to me now So I have to tell you, I showed up in the weirdest place last night. It was almost like a dream. I was on TV talking about Shirley Sherrod and that phony reverse racism story and Fox News. Except I was on Fox News. I was on the O'Reilly Factor. It was very spooky. So this is what Fox News does. This is how they are different from other news organizations. Just like the fake acorn controversy, Fox News knows that it has a role in this dance. That's not new. That's not actually even interesting about this scandal. Fox does what Fox does. Which is kick your network's butt every single night, madam. And you have to be kidding with this fake acorn scandal stuff. Unbelievable. Do you live in this country? If by this country you mean, is my office right across the street from yours? Yes. Unless there's an unguarded border down the middle lane of 6th Avenue. Yes, I live in what you call this country. And, and, and no, though I sometimes kid, I'm not kidding. Uh, as Mr. O'Reilly asks, when I say that Fox News manufactured the outrage over Acorn as surely as they manufactured the outrage over Shirley Sherrod, by playing over and over and over again the same very selectively edited tape that made it look like night was day and up was down. In the case of Acorn, it was a tape designed to make it look like an outlandishly dressed pimp got advice from Acorn workers about his underage brothel. In fact, the activist slash entrapment guy wasn't dressed as an outlandish pimp. He did not get advice on his fake brothel. And and in fact, what Fox said was him getting advice on his fake brothel was actually tape showing an acorn guy collecting information on the alleged fake brothel to turn it over to the police. And you can trust me that I'm not kidding because Acorn has been exonerated by prosecutors in New York City and by the Attorney General of California and by the U.S. Government Accountability Office. Not that you've heard any of that reported on Fox. But let's get back to the really important part of Mr. O'Reilly's show last night, his message to Madam, by which he means me which in itself is so awesome, I can't believe it. Fox does what Fox does. Which is kick your network's butt every single night, madam. Now here Mr. O'Reilly has a point. Mr. O'Reilly, you and Fox get great ratings. It is so awesome how great your ratings are. You have very big ratings, monsieur. Here's the scorecard from last night. It is in uh, TV ratings speak, but I think it'll be clear enough. Uh, here's Mr. O'Reilly and the O'Reilly factor. That's 757 would be him at 8 o'clock, and that 245 would be me at 9 o'clock, different hour, but, you know, same point. And don't tell Susan's mom, who's very sensitive about these things, but we are actually, this show is actually outrated by all kinds of shows. Deadliest Catch, 
kills us head-to-head. That's about fishing, which makes me think sometimes we should run more photos like this on our show. Uh, We also get killed by a show called The Closer, about which I know nothing except that it also kills us in the ratings. We also get smaller ratings than WWE Wrestling, which is apparently on the USA Network, which means it's a corporate cousin of ours, so goody for the shareholders, even if it's not goody for us. Of course, all of those shows also kill Mr. O'Reilly's show in the ratings, as well as everything else on Fox, as do SpongeBob, reruns of NCIS, and Hannah Montana Forever, which is totally understandable. They are much more watched than the O'Reilly factor, my lord, which is totally immaterial to the discussion at hand. Because when you got all kick your network's butt and madame on me, uh, you weren't really trying to tout your network's ratings. You were trying to take the attention off me saying that your network, Fox News, continually crusades on flagrantly bogus stories designed to make white Americans fear black Americans, which Fox News most certainly does for a political purpose, even if it upends the lives of individuals like Shirley Sherrod, even as it frays the fabric of the nation, and even as it makes the American dream more of a dream and less of a promise. You can insult us all you want about television ratings, Mr. O'Reilly, and you'll be right that yours are bigger for now and maybe forever. You are the undisputed champion. But even if no one watches us at all, except for my mom and my girlfriend and people who forgot to turn off the TV after Keith, you are still wrong on what really matters. And that would be the facts. Your Highness. against someone by calling that person names or by saying that the person you're arguing with is a bad person, that's called arguing ad hominem. It is to cast judgment on a person's argument by casting judgment on the person making the argument. Argumentum ad hominem. It is a fallacy. It's not actually arguing the point. It's avoiding the point to be insulting instead. Here's a different type of logical fallacy. That's not new. That's not actually even interesting about this scandal. Fox does what Fox does which is kick your network's butt every single night, madam. Now, when I responded to that on the air, I put up a graphic that said argumentum ad hominem. But that's not right, actually. I got a really nice note from a PhD in the English department at Tulane, uh, pointing out that actually by saying I was wrong because more people watch his show, that wasn't an ad hominem attack. It was an argumentum ad populum. Isn't that awesome? It's another logical fallacy. Instead of avoiding the point by insulting me directly, it's avoiding the point by saying that his position must be correct because more people believe it to be correct. If many believe so, it is so. Argumentum ad populum. Classical logical fallacy. I'm sorry for having mislabeled it before. But now Mr. O'Reilly is eliminating the need for such precision because he is still going after me, but now he is calling me names and he's saying he's right because of his ratings again. So he's both ad hominem and ad populum all at once. This time the case against me is in his nationally syndicated column, which I'm sure is read by millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people. 
The headline is, quote, only far left loons scared of Fox News. Guess who the loon is? Yes. Uh, talking about me on David Letterman's show this week, Mr. O'Reilly says, quote, speaking with far left MSNBC news commentator Rachel Maddow on his program, Dave listened as she put forth the preposterous theory that Fox News wants to frighten white Americans by reporting negatively about black Americans. In the past, paranoid dishonest rants like that would have been dismissed as fringe speak, but not anymore without a shred of evidence. A guest on Letterman's Late Show, which by the way gets trounced in the ratings by Fox News Channel every night, defines an entire news organization as a racist enterprise and Letterman goes along. Mr. O'Reilly's repeated insistence that Fox News must be right because Fox has high ratings is a many-splendored thing, uh, particularly because this week, uh, if you believe Mr. O'Reilly, uh, this week means that we're all wrong and only sharksploitation is right. <laughs> but there is something else going on here that isn't just an ad populum fallacy about ratings or an ad hominem collateral swipe at the lovely creature that is the loon. It is something stupid, something stupid enough that it doesn't even get dressed up in Latin phrasing. It's him saying that there's no evidence to back up my claim that Fox News consistently runs stories it says are news, but that nobody else really covers. Stories that are ginned up, exaggerated, caricatured, in some cases just flat out made up scare stories designed to make white people feel afraid of black people. Designed to make it seem like black people, or in some cases immigrants, are threatening white people and taking what is rightfully theirs. You may not like that diagnosis of what Fox has been up to, but to say there's no evidence, not a shred of evidence, as he said, uh, that's bullpucky. Speaking at an NAACP event in March, Department of Agriculture official Shirley Sherrod was caught on tape saying something very disturbing. Seems a white farmer in Georgia had requested government assistance from Ms. Sherrod. Wow. Well, that is simply unacceptable, and Ms. Sherrod must resign immediately. Of course, the Shirley Sherrod story ended up being exposed as total bullpucky, manufactured by nifty video, video editing. And Mr. O'Reilly had to apologize for that statement. But, it, but it's not like the Shirley Sherrod story stands alone. The collapse of ACORN, that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. Here's the latest scandal, and you're not going to believe it. Because federal authorities have not done much policing of ACORN, Two private citizens, James O'Keefe and Hannah Giles, launched an undercover sting investigation themselves. The two posed as a prostitute and a pimp and asked a number of ACORN officials to help them get housing for a prostitution enterprise. The latest sting was in California where an ACORN employee engaged the young woman posing as a prostitute. ACORN is a tax-exempt organization that should immediately lose that status. And Attorney General Holder should begin an intense investigation. Of course, the acorn story ended up being exposed as total bullpucky, too. Also manufactured by nifty video editing. Remember after the California Attorney General looked into the full tapes and then arrested all those acorn folks for those crimes that Bill O'Reilly showed them committing on tape? Yeah, you don't remember that? Me neither, because it never happened. Bullpucky again, but still very scary. A guy like Van Jones, who's a friend of the president, Good. right? And he comes in, and he's a hardcore Marxist, he's and he not says, a not, Marxist. "Yeah, he is. He admits it." All I keep well, hearing is from people like Eugene Robinson, who traffics in racism every time you turn around. White Americans don't like the huge expansion of the federal government. They also oppose the big spending increases that the president has imposed. It's simple. 
White Americans fear government control. They don't want the feds telling them what to do, and they don't want a bankrupt nation. For decades, African Americans have supported a bigger federal government so it can impose social justice. The vast majority of blacks want money spent to level the playing field, to redistribute income from the white establishment to their precincts. Black people want white people's money. They want to redistribute income from the white establishment to their precincts. But remember, Mr. O'Reilly says there is not a shred of evidence that Fox News hype stories about scary black people taking white people's stuff. I am not interested in playing cable news insult ping pong with Mr. O'Reilly. But as much as he keeps insisting that I'm no one worth arguing with, that I'm an uber leftist, he also called me that in his column, um, and a loon, twice now, uh, and a slightly larger percentage of 1% uh, of the population watches his show than the proportion of 1% of the population that watches my show, for all he complains about how unimportant I am. My criticism that Fox News scares white people on purpose to politically benefit conservatives, damn the consequences for the country, that criticism appears to have struck a nerve over at Fox. It appears to have gotten under Mr. O'Reilly's skin. Good. Elliot and uh, moved to New York City last year to go to law school and um, I just wanted to let you know that I really appreciate the podcast. I listen to it every time it comes out, right as soon as it comes out. Um, I'm a broke law student so I just bought my membership um, because I just got my uh, federal funding but um, Glenn Beck, he's just the epitomization of everything on the right that's wrong with this country. You know, these racist corporatist policies that he promotes. Um, I think that Jenk said it best in The Young Turks yesterday with the clip that he played about uh, how he's just a puppet for the corporate media. And, oh, it's just so upsetting. It's hard to put into words. Um, since the 70s, with the country just getting pushed to the right, you know, I think that Beck is just the product of that. And, you know, it's really sad that Obama just won't come out and be really strong. We need we need a counterweight on the left, somebody to, to bring the country back to the center. You know, the whole country is so far to the right right now. It just, it makes me sick, you know. Um, thanks a lot. Just want to let you know that I really appreciate the show and uh, look forward to the next podcast. All right, bye. Um, this is Fred from Tampa, and I'm just calling to say that um, your show is great. I think you do a real good thing. Uh, I look forward to every podcast, every every um, few days, and um, you know I like how you put everything together because a lot of people don't have time to hear all the facts and everything. And you do a good job of putting all the um, people together, like Rachel Maddow and uh, the Young Turks, and a lot of people that that are popular, people that aren't popular, uh, funny people, serious people, so you do a good job of that. But the other reason I wanted to call is just to make a quick comment about the Glenn Beck rally. Uh, one thing about that is, of course, it's mostly white people, but 
Uh, I also just find it interesting that what they were really just talking about was turning to God and liberty and support the troops and all these broad things. But the, the problem with movements like that and the problem with even movements in general, like even support for Obama, is that they don't have any real solutions. You know, turning to God, pray more or support the troops or be American or 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 whatever those things don't solve problems those things don't solve poverty they don't fix the country uh, so i just i just found that interesting um about the rally and everything is that i heard a lot of that i heard about liberty and and a lot of you know justice and god and and that's all emotional stuff that those people eat up because they just you know they were happy to be there and they love going back and they're all caught up in the emotion but that doesn't change anything so you know, that's all I really had to say. But um, keep up the good work. Uh, look forward to all your podcasts. I'm out. Hey, Jay. This is Matt in South Carolina. I'm responding to the uh, call-in message I just heard from Chuck about um, let's do a flash mob type of uh, just a alert to like the local Muslims to show what we are as real Americans and giving them some kind of uh, gift basket and let them know that uh, we do care about their rights as Americans, uh, just like everybody else in this country. And I wanted to see if we could actually schedule, like, the time. Like, you said on the 12th, um, that was the last day of Ramadan. I am horribly ignorant of the actual time frames of this religion. But uh, I'd just like to get some details as to when he would plan on doing that so I can do some down here in South Carolina. I have, I didn't even know there was one in the area, and it's within walking distance, so I'm pretty proud of that. So, um, let's get this together. Let's make this a thing. Um, love the show, Jay, and thanks for producing the best of the luck. Uh, hey, Jay, this is Squigs in South Carolina. I know a great place that we could coordinate the details of our project. It's a forum called South Pole of the Moon, and uh, this group likes to take on projects that as they say, uh, use our awesomeness for good. I have sent you a text message with their link and would like to ask that your listeners check out the forum and see what they are already doing to try to make things better. Because South Pole of the Moon could not only help us coordinate our projects, but also get the word out on many other topics. Uh, that's about it. Uh, thank you, Jay, for making such a great show and for literally producing the best of the left. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks, of course, to everyone who decided to call in and leave a message to be played on the show. If you'd like to do that yourself, the number to call is 206-202-3410. I was glad to hear more response on the uh, you know random acts of kindness campaign that uh, that Chuck started, and uh, and so you know Matt called in, basically seconding that motion, and uh, and then went on to. Uh, give reference to a, a website, so I just want to let you know what that was. Uh, he he mentioned uh, South Pole of the Moon, and so you can just type in southpoleofthemoon.com to find the, uh, the the forums that he was referring to, which, um, according to him, are full of lots of great like-minded people who uh, who like to do good things. As for this idea itself, you know, if you want to. Uh, Separate yourself from the lunatics who are, uh, you know, setting fire to mosques across the country, uh, and, and you just want to go and do something nice here at the end of Ramadan. Uh, you know, first of all, there's no need f- for there to be a centralized, organized 
uh, way to do that. Like if you just want to do it and do something nice, go do it. Uh, secondly, there's no time, and Ramadan is actually ending today, uh, the day that I'm recording this and posting it. And the vast, vast, vast majority of you are not going to hear this until tomorrow or the next day or beyond or beyond that. So this is not going to be the instance in which we, uh, you know, organize a campaign over several weeks and, and get something together and flash mob something and get the attention of the media or, uh, or anything along those lines. So this is just a if you want to go be a good person and, and do something nice for people, find the local mosque in your area and, and go down. Um, I, I did actually get in touch with a um, Muslim friend of mine to kind of get the scoop on the end of Ramadan and what's, what exactly is going on. So today, Thursday, uh, September 9th, is, uh, she says, most likely will be the end of Ramadan because it's, it's actually uh, based on the lunar calendar. So it could be at the very end of the day today, might tip over into, into tomorrow, but that's the basic consensus is that um, the the holiday ends nine nine. Big celebration is on nine ten, and Saturday nine eleven has been designated as a National Muslim Volunteer Day. So that is a basic breakdown of what is going on in that community. Uh, you know, beyond those details, she also just said that she thought that it was a great idea if people wanted to, wanted to do that. Uh, you know, don't bring <laughs> pork if you're if you wanted to bring food to add to the celebration. Make sure you don't bring anything that they uh, would not appreciate along those lines. Uh, but yeah, basically, if uh, if you feel it in your heart and you want to go and and do something good, thumbs up, go forward, move forward. So like I said in the previous show, I thought that was a great idea and, and great that, uh, that Chuck wanted to call in and spread the word via the voicemail line for this show. And I want to wholeheartedly encourage all of you to continue to do that. If you have good ideas that you want to get out there, if you want to uh, you know promote campaigns or rallies or protests or whatever you want to do, whatever you have going on, leave a voicemail and um, we can play it on the show and get the word out that way. So again, the number 206-202-3410. The last thing I want to say today is uh, is just a reminder uh, that voting continues at Podcast Alley as it does every month. It, uh, it starts over every month, so of course it only takes about 30 seconds of your time per month. But uh, what we ask is that you go over to podcastalley.com and vote for all the progressive shows that are up in the top 10 list. That would be this show, Best of the Left, Blast the Right, and The Young Turks, we're all up there in the top 10, so it's easy to find us, and it takes your votes to keep us there throughout the month. And so you keep progressive shows in the top 10, and then that helps spread the word so new listeners actually find those shows. Now I just want to thank a couple of members before I go because they make the show possible. Oscar T signed up for a monthly membership back on June 12th and has stuck with the show since then, so thanks very much, Oscar. And Amy Y signed up on, uh, on August 11th and went ahead and signed up for a full year in advance, going above the, the minimum membership level just to help the show out a little bit more. So I always want to uh, thank people who uh, who want to do that. Members, of course, get all sorts of benefits. First and foremost, though, is just the warm, fuzzy feeling, knowing that they are the absolute backbone of what keeps this show uh, going and keeps it possible at the pace it's going 10 times a month is something that I just couldn't possibly pull off uh, unless it was my full-time job, which it is thanks entirely to the members. 
So if you appreciate the frequency of the show, then you have the members to thank for that, and you might even want to consider signing up yourself. Head over to the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com. So that's going to do it for today. Of course, everyone can support the show in the simplest way possible just by spreading the word about it. To stay connected to the show between episodes and spread the word online, of course, you can join up with us on Facebook and Twitter. For details on the show itself, including links to all the sources and all the music used in this and every episode, all of those details are always listed in the show notes on the blog. So coming to you from far outside the conventional wisdom of Washington, D.C., my name is Jay, and this has been the Best of the Left podcast, coming to you 10 times a month, thanks entirely to the members and donors to the show from bestoftheleft.com. Black and white You took apart a picture that wasn't right